And I think for me, finding the community, finding out that you make friends that is that are more than just, you know, people that you fuck. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 63! We're home! We're home! Well, we're, we're back in the United States. Technically, we were actually home last week's episode, but we didn't know if we would have made it in time, so we recorded the intro before we got home. That's true. Cool story, bro. Yeah, good story. Also, we're Finn and Emma, in case you didn't figure that out. Yes. And this week, we have a fun, crazy interview with... Sex Uninterrupted. A podcast slash radio show out of Canada, The mm-hmm. Neighbors to the North. Yes. And, yeah, it's a great conversation. We cover lots of stuff from how they got into it and met as co-workers, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Some really good sexual health talks, some jealousy. Yeah. Lots Cameo of, from their cat. Yeah, very <laughs> vocal cat for a moment. But, yeah. Also, uh, because we are home in the future, we should be able to have better Wi-Fi. Like, we're talking 100 meg internet. Yeah, we're so excited. So that that should help the sound quality. And We're hoping interviews from here on out are much better quality. So, however, this one and the next two <laughs> do not follow that new pattern. So, we were a little echoey. We were recording this in a, in a tile room, no choice of our own. Uh, it's very audible. You can hear everything that's said, but we're a little tin canny, so we apologize. Sorry. We did the best we could. We did the best we could. All right, moving forward. Where are we going in three weeks? Yeah, we'll be at Atlanta Poly Weekend, June 7th to 9th. If you are interested in coming, please join us. Uh, If you've never been to Atlanta, it's a pretty cool city. It is. Yeah, we'll be there uh, for the conference. And we've got a little, like, table, a little presentation table. So we'll have some some free stuff to give away. We got some some swag and swagger. No. No? No swagger. Also, one thing I didn't mention a minute ago what about us being home and us traveling the last year. We wanted to say, once again, thank you to everybody for coming that came on the show. And then if we made you wait a while for your episode to come out, we, we know or, some... Or to do the interview or... Yeah. Because or dealing with internet. Basically, issues. our our timelines were not the most convenient for people, and we apologize. But we wanted to say thank you to everybody who was. Everybody was super gracious and was like, "Hey, yeah, whenever you publish it, super cool." They didn't care. So, thank you for your understanding and your willingness to work with us. And moving forward, new people that reach out, it'll be much better. Yes. Well, we hope so. So reach out and test us. 
<laughs> yes. You can find us on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com or nnmpodcast.com. Yeah. And you can contact us there. That's the best way to reach us. It is. And real quick, we wanted to, we have a fun story to tell since this one's a little bit shorter. Uh, yeah. Fun story. So, what happened was we landed in Florida. In Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. From Lima. From Lima. And basically, on our way from the airport to our friend's house, yes, we were able to go on our phones to stdcheck.com. Yes. You can even get there through our website and save $10. Right. But we went there. In we, the airport while uh, we were waiting for the rental car. We made a reservation. We or we we paid for our panel, our test panel. We then picked out which uh, which location we wanted to go to. It was a lab court mm-hmm. over in their town, mm-hmm. and then basically we paid, and it was boom. It was easy. We had to. You have to like take this form there. Yeah, it makes you. It, well, they require you, you, you to print a form. However, but they've got this sweet feature now where you can just fax it right to them. I know they still have a fax machine, which is interesting. But <laughs> hey, it helps. So us we out. didn't we didn't have to print anything. It just we showed up and it was there. However, we showed up at the lab corp, and it was like so we're in Florida, right? It's it was like all these ninety year old snowbirds. I don't. I'm assuming they were watch getting your, tested. Watch your age judgment. They were 90-year-old snowbirds. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's not a negative. <laughs> so I'm assuming they were all getting tested for STIs, but I can't verify it. However, they were definitely all trying to find their Medicare cards because it took forever and a day. Uh-huh. So we left. We got our forms, and we left. And we said, you know what? We'll just change to a different location. Right, because we had a couple of days in this location. We wanted to figure yeah. it out. So we went on our phones, and we changed locations. And boop, changed over, and then we showed up at the new place. Two days later. Two days later, because it was the weekend. Yeah. And they had us in their system, got us right in after we waited, but... We waited yeah. about 45 minutes, but it was also pretty busy, but once, like, as soon as the wait was done... Yeah, it, was, they, it took four minutes to right. do the test. So, gave some blood, pissed in a cup. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I made the whole... I filled the cup. Okay, we don't need to talk about uh, that. Anyway... <laughs> I don't know. We just wanted to say this was our first time actually using STD Check. I know we say we'll never talk about something we haven't used, but what happened is we had used a service in the past called STD Test Express. Yes. And it was essentially the same service, and it worked great. And then they went out of business, and so we had to switch on the fly. And so we had heard good things about this one, but we'd never been able to use it until now. And yes. we can say happy days. We yeah. got we got, we got our, our results. results in like. 48 hours. 48 hours. And we also learned, because we kept checking to see if they were ready, you could pay like 25 bucks to get them expedited in 24 hours. So yeah. if you had like an urgent gangbang, <laughs> sorry, cox galore, if you had an urgent cox galore you needed to get to, you can get them in 24 hours. Yeah. Anyway, we'll stop rambling now. We just thought that was a fun story. So if you want to use STD Check, go to our website under the resources page or on the homepage too. Yep. Or links in the show notes. Yes. It all says you can save $10 on your panel, and it supports the show, too. So let's go do the... Oh, also, on that... Sorry. You guys hate us. Anyway, <laughs> we we did draw all the winners for the $50 gift cards. There was three of them. Right. We were doing a giveaway back in March. And, yeah, we're slow, but we, <laughs> got, we, we sent all the emails out. Uh, some of the people even got theirs, so... Check your emails if you were one of the people who 
who signed up or who entered the contest. Yes, you may be a winner. Actually, you may be. All right, let's go to the interview for real now, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Enjoy. Let's get it going. See what yeah. happens. Let's go. All right. Well, Tara and James, welcome to Normalizing Non Monogamy. Thanks for taking some time out of your frigid evening <laughs> to chat with us here, bundled up, and we're about to take off all our clothes because it's so hot here. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. Absolutely. Well, anybody who's not aware of who you are and and your fame on the podcast slash radio world, do you mind filling people in and we'll go from there? Well, James. So we are Sex Uninterrupted with Tara and James. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we do, <laughs> that's the weakest sales pitch I can give. Um, no, we are a uh, radio show that comes out every week on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Our show is called Sex Uninterrupted with Tara and James. Uh, it didn't start out that way. We started as a podcast called Sue on the Air. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even before that, we started out as just a blog because Tara wanted to get the information about non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, swingers, swinger lifestyle, all that sort of stuff out to the public, um, I guess, to as far reach as we can go. And yeah, we just, when we started, I think it was like four years ago, five years years ago, four or five years ago, yeah, we uh, just started out with a blog about uh, one of our trips. Tejido. Tejidonism. And that's where it all began. Well, we started our non-monogamy career, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Career. Before that. So yeah, take us back to the beginning. How long have you two been together and how did your relationship evolve into the point about, I guess, bringing up non-monogamy? Well, it was kind of always there from the beginning. We met at work and we were just friends with benefits for about a year and a half. And then, um, we were fucking, (laughs) yeah, we were. And having sex with other people and sharing that between the two of us as well and talking about that. And I think also the fact that we work together and had sex together. And well, it's not like we were just friends with benefits. I mean, we saw each other in a professional way, too, that like, you know, you go out for lunch, but you weren't able to have a drink. So you saw a very real side of each other without really purposely exposing ourselves. Well, it's almost like you got to see, like, because most people have, like, a work life and then they have, like, a home life, right? And those two usually aren't the exact same thing. And you're usually, sometimes, in some cases, you're not the same person. So that kind of exposed us both to that, like, you have that work side and then you have this play side. And, yes. And then it started to cross. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so we worked together for, what, two years-ish? We were friends with Ben. I said a year and a half. No, we were friends with benefits for a year and a half, and we worked together for like two or three years. Two or three years. Yeah. And the lifestyle just started from the beginning because when we were friends with benefits, we would sometimes find a third or invite other people into the bedroom with us. and Or our fivesome. It was, yeah, just kind of a natural, that's kind of why we got into a relationship is because we wanted that together. Yeah. And it was the first time we were like super honest with each other. So when we were friends with benefits, we like told each other everything mm-hmm. pretty much. Well, and so either, had either of you explored non-monogamy before meeting each other or was this your first, your first foray into it? No, no, you did. 
What? You explored not enough. Oh yeah, no. So I was saying no. We we explored, but we both <laughs> had experiences before yeah. meeting each other, but just not in the lifestyle way. Yeah. Like I would like. I definitely was involved in other things sexually with, you know, more, more than one other person and also explored my bisexuality as well. And you were cuckold. I was a both yeah. cuckold, manicorn. But he didn't even know what that was. I don't know what the fuck cuckolding was. Are you kidding? <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. Anyways. And then we, and then when we got together, I started learning more about the lifestyle. And I was like, man, I was doing this when I was 20. Yeah. And I was cruising Craigslist for couples because I just wanted to fuck somebody's wife. So you were you were on the cuckold side or were you the on the bull side of it? I was the bull. Okay. But I didn't know what a cuckolding experience was. I thought I was You're more just into like, it. wow, these people are really nice. <laughs> well, and I was more great couples. <laughs> and I was more into it just to have sex with the woman. And I wanted to kind of have like this like threesome and like, you know, whatever. It didn't really matter to me. I was just there to please the woman, yeah. I, you know? And so that's how it began. But then there were some experiences where I like, I went over and she didn't answer the door. He did. And I was like, Whoa, okay. What am I getting myself into? And then finally got into the bedroom. But then when like I got into the bedroom, he went and like sat in the corner and I was like, okay, so we start playing, I start playing with the girl and then he, I was like, dude, you want to come over? And so he comes and like lies on the bed next to us and literally did nothing the whole time. <laughs> and so it was, yeah, I had some really interesting experiences. I met couples in like hotel bars and went up to their room and she had an ex-boyfriend that kind of t- taught her a little bit of like about the lifestyle, like got you into those like oh, parties and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. And then when I was single, I would just kind of like was exploring myself sexually. Yeah. So it sounds like from a very early age, it was just kind of a natural progression that that you didn't feel that you had to just meet that one person and get married as a lot of society tells us. Well, I, I think I did still. And that's, the problem is I would get into relationships and then turn that side of me off. Mm-hmm. And then I would start to like get resentful or angry or bored or cheat. And it's yeah. because that side of me wasn't being fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I cheated. I cheated a lot. It sucked. Yeah. And so but it's just cause I couldn't explain myself. Right. And so being when you, when you two found each other, that's where you kind of said, you were just open and honest with each other. And I guess when you were having those conversations, did were you hearing the other person say things that you were like, you you were like, yeah, 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 that's me, that's me. Or were you starting to get defensive? Like, whoa, I don't want to be with somebody who's going to want to do these things, I guess. How did those early conversations go? Uh, well, I think they were pretty open. Like, she told me, I think, on like one of our smoke breaks one day that I don't she was think like, we we didn't think that we were going to end up together. No, we were like not. We were like, oh no, I would never. We wouldn't date each other. We we're just having sex. Like that's how it was for a year. It was great sex. Holy People fuck. in the office were like, "You're so cute." We're like, "We're not a couple." No. <laughs> like, yeah, like when she broke up with her boyfriend at the time, like it was interesting because this one lady walks up to us in the smoke pit at our work and this was we don't smoke anymore but it's funny that we were out there and this one lady's like so what's wrong tara and she was like 
uh, I broke up with my boyfriend. She's like, well, you need a dick. Uh, and then <laughs> that's not exactly how it went. It was a little get bit more laid or something like that. Anyways, that. <laughs> but you need to get laid. And she was like, well, James is right there. And I like, and then it was funny. Cause we kind of had this little, like, I'm going to ruin you. You're going to ruin me sort of like little thing that we had there at the beginning. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, remember how you said, I'm going to ruin him. And I said, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. So this was what about four, four or five years ago? Six. Six five years. Five years ago, yeah. yeah. And since then, how has it evolved? Have you are you are you married? Are you do you have a litter of children? How to a litter of children? <laughs> God no. No. <laughs> no. We just have um we're not married either. No, just fur babies. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, so what has the dynamic, like how has it evolved since the friends with benefits stage? Well, we're definitely in um, an established relationship now. (laughs) That's a big difference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like we we're living together and we don't play separately, which we did like when we were friends with benefits, we don't do that. It's completely evolved. Yeah, like, like it's, uh, it's how it, we like, see each other is like totally different. I don't even know. It's everything's evolved. Like just like every relationship is going to evolve and change Hopefully. over time. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't want it to be stagnant forever and be the same thing over and over again. That's the reason why most of us are in this sort of lifestyle is something for something different, variety, sure. right? So, and it's the reason why, like you know. That's one of the reasons why I'm in it for sure is this lifestyle is because I, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, when you get to the same old thing over and over and over and over and over again, it's like, and there's no growth, there's no expansion, there's no communication, there's no, there's no, none of that. And it's just the same thing and there's no, yeah. Yeah. Just seems like it's a a fruit, fruitless, fruitless endeavor that just goes nowhere. And it's like, well, why, why can't you evolve and expand and learn like our sex life from the beginning till now has also changed. Like oh every, my God, everything, huge. everything's changed. Yeah. In, in what ways? Well, in every, every way good and every way bad. It's just kind of now we're, we're all over the place. Like we've just evolved and changed and, you know, well, and become more conscious of each other. And sexually too. At the beginning of our relationship, we really were just about fucking and having sex. And as we learned more about each other and about which what each other wants and desires and kind of like how to turn each other on, I mean, that's had had to change too. And we just did a radio show with Jaya about the erotic blueprints. And that's been life-changing for us too and how we view our sexuality and the sex that we have. Mm-hmm. Between us and between, between us and between other people other couples, too. Yeah. Yeah. So the non-monogamy then right now looks like mostly dating other couples and doing everything together for you two. Yeah, and singles. It's always been that way for us, though. That's the one thing that's always kind of stayed constant is that we play together. Yeah. Uh, we do this together because we like seeing each other happy, yeah. happy and fulfilled. 
I mean, like that's one of the main reasons why most people get in this lifestyle is to see their significant other happy and fulfilled. And we love to see each other in these moments. These are, you know, it's raw passion. Like I'm a very sexual person. I'm a sexual blueprint when it comes to the erotic blueprints. And, you know, when there's sex all around me, I'm in a very happy place. <laughs> yeah. And so we love just seeing each other in those moments. And like, you know, it just kind of works for us in that way. We've had some experiences and some separate, moments please. where it's been separate, but yeah. majority of everything we do is together because it's we like this doing this together because we've always wanted to find somebody that we can do this together with. Yeah, absolutely. Has there has there ever been jealousy or or issues that have come up? I think that's yeah, definitely. I think there's always when you're pushing your boundaries and pushing to understand who you are and what you like and what you don't like, there's always going to be some pushback um, while you're understanding yourself and your relationship. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, me that has some issues that I need to communicate. Sometimes it's going to be James and sometimes things just happen. And then you're like, Oh my God, like we weren't even paying attention to this. And now we have to address this. It just kind of like flew off the radar for a while and then just demands your attention. And jealousy is a natural thing. Yeah. And it's just an an emotion. I mean, it's going to happen. Like it's your choice. If you want to see it as a bad thing or a good thing is how you look at it. Yeah. yeah, jealousy. We always like to say that there's, it's it's really hard to get away from jealousy when you're trying to deprogram somebody into the way that they've thought for so long. Yeah, like everybody has thought monogamy is the way to go for a very, 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 very long time. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a whole industry around it yes. that makes a shit ton of fucking money <laughs> when it when it comes to monogamy. Yeah, and it's a large deprogramming of a lot of people to get to that point where you're okay with even imagine playing a part. It's a, that's a long period of time. Some people reach it quicker than others. And some people don't find it until later in life, but it's all comes down to understanding that it's an emotion like Tara said, and it's kind of hard to get away from. You just have to learn how to almost take that information and be able to like say it without having to feel like guilty. Like you're the, you know, you're saying something that's like going to hurt somebody else or like, because they really enjoyed it. Like addressing it. And just, but yeah, learning how to communicate about this feeling, Mm -hmm. even though you may not understand it or the, why you're feeling that way, but just getting it out in the open and being able to say it to somebody is just, and then like Tara says in, in her course, it's like, one of the things is, is like, always just try to, you can't control how somebody's going to react. You just can't. So understanding that and going to that point, I think it's great. And so what are some of the strategies that you use on a, on a practical level to work, you know, to work through when something comes up that triggers a jealous moment for either of you? Uh, definitely talk about it. Like first, like ground yourself, take those deep breaths and try and understand where you're feeling it in your body and what's triggering it. And then either you like at any event, you're allowed to leave or you're allowed to take five. And if that means you have to go outside and just have like a quick conversation about it. Or if you need to leave, then that's kind of what needs to happen. We've definitely been through that before and just reestablishing, Hey, like, um, 
I don't really like when you're doing this with this person right now. It's triggering something inside of me. It's making me feel uneasy. It's making me not feel relaxed in this environment. And I think right now we just need to not have that happen or we just need to leave. And that's okay. Yeah, we say lots of check-ins. Communication yeah. is key. I know everybody will probably say this, and it's, but it is the fundamental reason why like this lifestyle is the way it is. It's just you have to have that brutal, honest communication. You have to have it. And if it's not like triggering a huge wave of jealousy, then it's something that you can also keep in the back of your mind. And it's something you talk about the next day when you're, cause we like to have like decompression days the next day where we kind of talk about what we liked that happened, what we didn't like, and just, you know, getting our bond stronger and reconnecting. And that's kind of, well, bring up something that maybe tinged me a little bit, but wasn't enough to, to leave or to talk about that night. And another big one is always reiterating your rules and boundaries before any event, any, anything that has to do with like anytime you go out, what are your rules and boundaries for tonight? What are they? Cause they're always going to change like your relationship. Like it always is going to evolve. So you're so shall your day to day and so shall your rules and boundaries. And that's one of the big things that we found out in a tantric course was like, from day to day, couldn't be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so just reiterate. Depending those. on like what happened to you that week, you might've had a crazy week at work and you might not have found the time to have sex for like, you know, five, six days. And then all of a sudden you have a party you're supposed to go to and just say, okay, like tonight, just one of the rules is just no sex, with, no penetration with somebody else because we haven't had that time to do that. Cause that could stimulate some jealousy and, think just being aware of where you guys are, where you are, um, and then putting a little bit of, I don't know, rules or yeah, it's your rules and placing boundaries. some rules yeah. there kind of helps with, with mitigating the jealousy. Yeah. And I think pointing out the fact that they can change is really important because it can be very different from a week to week, a day to day basis, depending yeah. on how you're feeling. hundred percent. Yeah. Are, are there things that either of you through this process have discovered that you really enjoy that you didn't, you didn't really know you did when you started down this path together, like something that you're just like, wow, that's amazing. I, I wish I had found this five years earlier. Mm-hmm. Everything about the lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, but that's the reason why we started this was because it's like, there wasn't the information. Like when we started four or five yeah. years ago, there wasn't this many podcasts that are out there. There wasn't this many people opening up their lives. Like, how long ago did you guys start? Uh, about 12 years ago. 12 years? Not yeah. the podcast. Our podcast? No, Only but a year. <laughs> our podcast a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was see? Like 12 years. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, everybody has this progression, but the progression of the lifestyle has grown significantly in the last two to three years. Yeah. Yes. And it has literally blossomed into, like, I think there's, like, over 100 different shows on non-monogamy and all this sort of different stuff. And I think for me, finding the community, finding out that you make friends that is that are more than just, you know, people that you fuck. And, and really starting to have some really close friendships of me not having to be fake anymore, not having to put on a mask to go out into society. Now I can just be my open, honest, truthful self and, you know, say something dirty at dinner and not get you know, the stern eye from my friend across the table. And that's, you know, 
I just, I value that. And I'm so grateful that I found that in this lifetime. Not a lot of people get that opportunity. Yeah. When, when you're meeting people or you're looking to meet people, do you typically look for like friends with benefits or are you trying just like, let's meet people once and have fun. And then we like to just do like a one night stand kind of strategy, I guess. How, how does it look for you in a, in a real sense? I think we started off with the like more one night stand kind of situation. And then once we started to find the community is when we, when we really started looking more for like deeper, deeper connections, more intimacy. I can't. Um, yeah, I think it, well, it's always evolved. Everything's evolved, but at the same time, the one thing that we have always remained constant is that we're communicating on every level and the people that we're people that we're going to end up playing with or people that we're communicating with on like, like beforehand. And we're, you know, we're flirting, we're getting in touch we're with them, group messages, group messages. And, you know, we just like to build up the sending almost, memes to each other, like building up the anticipation <laughs> of potential sex. We always like to say that sex is the cherry on the top. It, it really is. Yeah. Like if we get to have sex with other people, great. We're going to probably have sex together. It's usually what we like. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think that the sex with other people is a cherry on the top. These are people that we want to be around and hang around all the time. It's literally yeah. become our primary friends group. It's the people that we hang out with on like weekday nights. Well, like and even weeknights. next Monday, I made I made a coffee date with a girlfriend in the lifestyle, and like no play, nothing like that, but just meet, have coffee, catch up with life. You know, like I. I rarely even did that with my vanilla girlfriends. And if I did, I still couldn't really talk about what I really was going through. And at least with these women, I'm, I'm able to, and I know I'm in a safe spot space and a space where I'll be understood too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's huge. Cause that's something we always strive to find too. And like the sex is just the cherry on top is uh, how, the way we go about it as well. Yeah. yeah. That's a good strategy. If, have you, or do you see yourselves ever migrating towards like a, a polyamorous dynamic or do you think you'll stay more on the swinging casual sex side? We're not opposed to anything. I think that we're like, again, it's, it's, again, it's going to be an evolution. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to evolve. We've explored it a little bit with, um, with a unicorns before, but, um, I want, I it's want... hard. It's hard with the business with sex uninterrupted and being in the lifestyle and then having somebody else that we're in a relationship with, like it was really hard to juggle everything. Sure. Well, and not, well, yeah. And that's what I was just about to say. Like, the one thing that is, is like, okay, for those polyamorous people, like I will literally give you the biggest high five in the history of fucking mankind. How do you have that much time to one, have a career potentially or not, but how do you have the time to go and be with two different people? At least. Like, and, and, and in, we, we struggled with it. The balance was really, really difficult for us. Like, how does that work? How do and you we have don't that even much have time? Kids. <laughs> yeah, I think it's go to work, to come home, to walk the dogs, to, you know, then have to potentially please one partner, then please the other. It's like, where did you find that time? Like, cause that, what about you guys? it's, it just, for me, I'm like, you know what? 
all the more power to you. Congratulations. You figured it out for, for me. I'm like, I have no time, yeah. you know, like I want the time that we have together. Cause that's why we make a plan and a schedule and we schedule it all out. I want to know the times that I can spend with her and just be with her and be with Tara and just be into these moments and like, you know, exploring and trying different things and like why having dates, having dates and going <laughs> on in different experiences. I don't know how I would have time to not do that when I want to do it with her. So like most of the stuff we would do wouldn't be necessarily polyamorous, like dating. It would, be like, a triad. It would be like a triad of like bringing a single in to date both of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's not for everybody. And, no. Yeah, it's it's time is a it's I think when we talk to people who are in polydynamics, the timing and scheduling is is definitely at the top of the list of hardest things that they have to juggle. So Yeah. It is I believe it. It is crazy to think just well, and that's another one of the things that I like to talk about. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm thing I'm saying, you know, this is amazing thing because I always like to say, it's like, how can you like monogamous relationships? How can you rely on somebody a hundred percent for your emotional needs and a hundred percent of your physical and sexual needs? It's like, you're asking one person to satisfy all of that. And the one thing about the lifestyle that kind of like gives you that sort of liberation is that you have now be able to, you know, have other people enter your life and satisfy that sexual wants and desires or some of them. Some of them, yeah. right? Not all of them. But then again, now you're just knocking off the percentages. I'm sorry, I'm an accountant by trade. So <laughs> when you start knocking off numbers, you and know, it, and the in polyamory, you can maybe find something in other partners that your other partner is, is lacking. Lacking. You're <laughs> not very strong at like like being romantic or you know. Being sensual or yeah. Yeah. being kinky, right? Yeah, like exactly. especially kinky in this world and uh, in this lifestyle has been great because it's like, I'm not the kinkiest person. I'm a very sexual person, but like kinky's not my forte. I do like kink, but I've just not, I'm not the biggest fan of, I feel like I'm hurting somebody. Yeah. So that's why kink doesn't really resonate with me, but it's great in this lifestyle because you can go and find somebody who's kinky that, you know, can satisfy that kink for you. Mm-hmm. And if Tara wants to be a dominatrix and beat the shit out of somebody, that's what she's going to go and do. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're lucky. (laughs) So along the lines of all of this, I think, is people, you know, looking in from the outside are, one of the questions that always comes up is how do you keep yourself safe? Not necessarily in the getting the shit beat out of you from a dominatrix, but sexually speaking, like you're keeping yourselves healthy and ready to go uh, on a moment's notice. How, how do you two handle that? Oh yeah. We're Uh, tested every three months. Every, well, it kind of depends. We like to, before a big event. So like before going to like naughty and Nolens or something, we definitely like to get tested and just make sure everything is, is good before we go. Um, one of my friends, a girl I know that she owns a company called Direct Health Solutions. She comes to your house and just does all the testing at home for you. It's only $99 Canadian, which is pretty freaking cheap. Yeah. And she does everything. She knows all about the lifestyle. So she, you know, goes above and beyond. She even does like throat swabs and stuff. And she gives you just a text like two days later, you get everything back, which is super awesome. Yeah, is that a yeah, is that a, we, a Canadian like a local resource to your area? I'm assuming she doesn't fly all over the country. Yeah, 
just in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's still a good resource. Appreciate it. I think there's a few, like, they're starting to pop up more and more. She does, um, like, she's like an at-home nurse, but she knows about the lifestyle, so that's kind of something she's niched herself into. And sexual health is literally the number one thing that always is what deters people from getting into this lifestyle is fearful of contracting an STI. Yes. And honestly, we had a conversation with a nurse. As long as you're making sure that you're staying up on your, on your panels and making sure you're getting your panels and you know, your information one, it should be a topic of conversation that gets brought up within the first, probably first date. Um, If you're dating somebody else, if you're going on a date with another couple, it should be something. When was your last panel? And, and then really, to be even more honest, it's like, well, since your last panel, have you played with anybody? It's still a question you can ask. Mm-hmm. But like, again, approaching it with, again, honesty and almost a directness kind of removes the whole stigma of having to do, go through that. But again, now you're still giving the other person the option. Like, let's say you have contracted something and you're honest about it. Now it gives the other person an option and a choice on what they to say want something. to do or what they want, if they want to say something or, right, you're giving them the choice without, without divulging the information. Well, you're a selfish asshole. Um, <laughs> well, you should be divulging it. How can you not? There's a big, huge debate going on about this in the lifestyle. I think you should be doing Lots of people it. have messaged me this, asking if if you have um, an STI, if it's something that needs to be share, shared with people you're playing with. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, I think the if you're not going to share, then what's the whole, what's the reason of getting tested? And yeah, I I feel like it's worth, I mean, it feels like it's very important to share as well. And it allows everyone to have that conversation and it allows the other people to be informed and then you can have a conversation. And maybe if you are um, diagnosed with something, but then you're on treatment and that can all be part of the conversation. Well, and I think in an even simpler terms, if you, were the one that wasn't getting default, like you would want somebody to tell you, right? I mean, that's. I think you want the choice. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I like, think yeah. that if you know for a fact, you should be divulging that information. Yeah. I think yeah. no matter what, if you There's know for a fact. A soft way of saying that. My love. Well, I still think that it's a selfish act to be <laughs> playing with other people and potentially giving somebody else an STI. Or something along those lines. I I, I get you. I think that that is a very selfish act if you do not divulge that information because you don't know who they're playing with. You don't know if they're playing with other people. Now you're spreading it within a bunch of different people and you're not giving somebody the the choice or the knowledge for them to make the decision on whether they not want, want to play with you. Right. There's always a risk when it comes to sexual transmitted diseases. And there's always a risk when you're playing with multiple partners. There's always going to be a higher risk. That's what I should say. Yeah. Right. So I think the hard part here is where there's such a stigma around a lot of these, uh, you know, STIs and whether it's, you know, herpes or any of them. Right. The usually the stigma around it is, is far worse than the actual symptoms the physical symptoms that you would you would ever experience and so i you know i think that the hard part here is how do we destigmatize these and i think the best way to do that is if you are somebody who has something be and, and it's not easy to say right it's it's easy for you to sit here and tell people but 
the more we talk about it, the more we have the conversation, and the more people say what they what they're dealing with, the more and more destigmatized it's going to be. And mm-hmm. you know, we've we've been in play situations with groups where beforehand we go around a circle and everybody says when they got tested and what the results were. And, and we've really seen some amazing things where people have said, you know, I have this, I have that, I've had these symptoms or whatever it is. And it's not like people shun them to a corner, right? It, it just, it's giving people the option to say, okay, I know this person has HSV-1. And now I get to decide, is it worth it for me to play with them and, and potentially expose myself to that? It doesn't mean... Or you could choose to use barriers right. and for something that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. Right. And so yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's all about giving people the choice uh, around their sexual health. And I think that's something that, that we all want from our partners. And you really have no reason not to give that back to somebody else. Exactly. That's that's my opinion on it. No, that's very well said. <laughs> and and not even and to the point, I think that it also goes like there are also multiple platforms where I'm I'm almost positive there are other people who are either positive of something that you may have as well. And there I guarantee that there's groups out there. I know that I know like support groups. Yeah. I know that there are some um, couples um, in the non-monogamy community that are definitely looking for that because I think that there, like, there should be a group of people that, you know, have the HSV one virus and they can now have the choice between the two of them. Like, again, that's that one thing where you're now able to communicate with people who have the same technical infection. They're same STI, and now you can have the choice whether you want to play with them because now you're like, okay, well, we both have it. Maybe there's no risk on passing it to either either of us. I've seen, well, I've kind of seen that in like, because I'm in a Ladies of the Lifestyle group on Facebook, and one of the girls shared that, like, and it's 700 women in this group, and, you know, the amount of women that, like, were so touched by the fact that she opened up about what she had was like, they found so much power in that as well. And also kind of brought, um, you know, her to closer with other women around her that maybe needed that support too from her. Or needed somebody to say it, right? Like you said, kind of almost yeah. like normalizing the conversation around it. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's even more stigma too around something like HSV-1. I mean, that is, that one in particular is very, very common. Yeah. And among non-monogamous folks, but also just among the general population. And people need to be, uh, I guess, learn and be educated about what it is, what that, what they all are and how to handle them all. And it, there's just a, a lot of lack, lack of that information out there. I think that at least this is a whole another topic, but at least in our sex education systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had an interview with a nurse talking about all this stuff and the risks you take and all the different risks and all the risks that you have and um all She was great. Yeah, yeah, she explained it all and she knows about the lifestyle, so that's why it was like great for her to come on and she also was like, you know, I'll give you your results. I'll tell you no that's matter that what. That's one that does home. At the home. We interviewed and, her. Yeah, so she it was great because she gave us a, a great analogy from a nurse's perspective of like, you know, 
know. And then once you know, if you do have something, tell people and make sure that you're divulging that information. Like she was pretty adamant about like, if you have something, you should be telling your partners, Yeah. like no matter what. Yeah. And that's coming from a practitioner. So yeah. So we'll make sure to link to that episode in our show notes too, in case anyone's looking for that exact topic. And, and I think maybe on like a closing note for this piece of it, just for people that are listening that, that know they have something and are afraid to talk about it, I think it's it goes back to the, the adage, I think it's probably a Dan Savageism of, you know, you, you tell somebody one thing about you and how they react tells you everything you need to know about them. And I think what we've seen by and large in the lifestyle is when people share this type of stuff, they are greeted with, you know, thank you for sharing that. And now let me talk with my partner about how we want to navigate this. And mm-hmm. that's not to say like, we're never going to touch you, but now we know like, Hey, do we need to increase uh, barrier usage? Do, is there a medicine that we can get on, whether it's prep or some, or, you know, Valtrex or whatever it is mm-hmm. to help all of us be safer about this. And, and I think it's, it's not an easy conversation to have, but it, it is a really good one to have. And I think, and if someone, um, to your point, if someone reacts very badly to you saying that, then you didn't want to deal with them anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not the right people. It's like the same person that would react to you saying no yeah, negatively, exactly. right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, okay, now I know why I said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I went, went really deep on that and I appreciate it. And I think. Well, and we always play safe when we're playing outside of our relationship. So always play safe. And that I've means a, for you, like condoms, and does it mean other barriers? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And just always being safe. Playing safe is as safe as you possibly can. Like even on dildos that we have, like making sure to use condoms with them because they're porous. and. Yep. So you got to toys, yeah. changing partners, always change condoms, like in group situations, washing your hands and, you know, cleaning up between partners too. Yeah. Very good tips. Yes. I wanted to ask, you are one of the only, well, back five, four or five years ago when you started your blog and then podcast, you were the one, one of the only ones out there. Why, where did you get the idea and why did, what was behind that? Um, wanting to share all the information because we were young once and wanted information and we couldn't find it <laughs> and we couldn't find it and that's like we were like if i had found this lifestyle when i was 19 20 doing the things that i was doing like my whole life would have been different yeah there my would have been life. like a lot i would have known who i was a lot sooner yeah i would have been able to find this community and i would have been able to find like we may not have found each other, but you know, we came into it at the right time and where we were and what we were doing. But I think that the reason why is because we were young looking to explore and we were looking for information and we, we struggled. Like we were on Craigslist looking for people. We didn't know what, what to do, what the lifestyle really was about. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't really have much of a basis to go off of. We know we knew about swinger parties back in the seventies of fishbowl parties and thinking, well, that's what it is. And like swinger clubs are all these older people that are just, you know, DTF. And And then like, I would go online to 
more well-known places, like even Desire Resorts, right? Trying to find information or Hito, trying to find information about the lifestyle. And I couldn't find anything like right. really, I didn't know what, what. No, we just didn't know was. what the lifestyle was. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to share our story. And while well, Tara was, was an excellent writer, I'm more of a talker. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just evolved from just wanting to share information to really wanting to help people. If they're ever in like the situation that we were in and they're looking for an outlet to help them get through something or maybe find their way, like it is, I mean, that's what we just wanted to do is just help people in understanding that thinking of non-monogamy in a kind of casual way is an okay thing. Right. Yeah. Just like your name. Normalizing non-monogamy. Yep. <laughs> well, we appreciate the plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of, the, one of the things we like to bring up, and, and maybe this is a decent segue, being that you were looking for information early on and probably were fumbling around a little bit here and there are there is there any uh funny or entertaining maybe blooper that happened to either or both of you in your in your time like i don't know it's it's something that we like to ask so people know that it doesn't always go perfect because there's the, the stigma that everybody oh. just nails it every time and it's, <laughs> it's far from perfect guys everyone listen it's far from perfect there will be great, amazing times that'll work out 100% your What's favor. What's an example? And there are times where, well, we kind of shared some on uh, our, one of our last episodes was uh, Sexy Swinger Stories. That was in bloopers, though. We did do bloopers in the beginning of it, remember? Oh. Talked when... about pull from the base. Oh, okay. That was a good one. Yeah, we were at an orgy, and, and uh, we are at an orgy, and Tara was downstairs with the host's wife. And the host, male, was in the bedroom slaying, having fun. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what I was doing, but I was literally sitting on the bed watching these two have sex on the couch. And um, she proclaimed to him that she had liked, she was a big fan of the cum shop. So he was like super eager about this. So he's pounding away, pounding away, and then goes to ejaculate on her so he pulls out and goes to take the condom off he grabs from the tip of the condom and pulls away <laughs> at this point the condom broke snapped back and smashed him in the tip of the dick as he's coming as he's coming so he's coming <laughs> and the condom came back snapped him hit on top of his head right around like right around the hole and it literally increased his dick size by about half an inch. He got a blood blister because there was so much blood in there. It ruptured <laughs> all the vessels in the tip of his dick. And so he increased his dick by about half an inch. Comes all over her, mix of blood and semen because it, it like broke the skin. Comes on her, runs to the bathroom. It's like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Runs, like, comes into the room and so like, uh, guys, I really like fucked up my dick and turns around and he's got like literally then, a half inch extra head on his dick, then runs out of the room, heads came, towards, came down to us, to me and his wife. And he's like, Oh my God, honey, look what happened. And we were just like, 
what the <laughs> fuck? Too. Like, it looked so, it's like, you need to go to the doctor. Like, but I don't think he did. It was just like a big blood blister on the end of his out. penis. Anyways, the long story short is if you are going to remove a condom in haste, pull, pull from, from the, the base. base. Yes. Yeah. Pull from the base and slide it off. You guys should write children's books. <laughs> We're like pull from the base. That's pull. That's, that's like a saying. Like when we get into the next orgy, it's pull from the base. Yeah, pull from the base. Oh man, I bet you watching this, James was like horrified. At it. Like just didn't know what you were watching. I was, right? I was staring down Main Street, and I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. I like literally I was in shock. It. I was in shock. I was like, "Okay, wait, did that actually just happen?" And like, no, it's flat out. Pull the condom, snap back, hit him in the tip of the dick. and Probably happened so fast, though, too. It was yeah. so fast, but he was coming at the same time, which was, like, <laughs> kind of funny, right? Like, the guy's like, oh, oh, my God. And he's, like, freaking out. Oh, man, it was just. That's, it like, was, torture. It was, it, but it was comical. Like, th- like, you can't stop yourself from coming when you get to that point, right? Right, like, right. Point of no return. Is that the point of no, yeah, exactly. Point of no return and just absolutely lets it go. And I was just, I was in awe. I was shocked. Yeah. It was it was amazing and <laughs> scary all at the same time. Well, it sounds like I, he was okay though after he talked. Oh yeah, okay after a little bit. It was a, it was a few months, I think. Actually. No, it was only like a week. No, he yeah, because he he sent me a picture of it. <laughs> it just a ring hit a ring around like like a bruise around the hole of his I'm penis. Pretty sure it was a while. So, well, we wish him the best. Yeah, <laughs> he's better now. It was a while ago. <laughs> Excellent. Well. We appreciate that graphic retelling. And, and I love that story. It is literally made like, oh, and we got another quick one. A, uh, a woman, while at, her husband was going down on her and I was going down on Tara and we we're on the same bed. She's like, I got to go to the bathroom. He lift up out of between the legs. She came around, swung her legs around and heel clocked him in the eye socket. It like full on heel in the eye socket, just cracked him. Guy's got like a half it was, open it was eye. Like swollen right away. Swollen right away. I was like, am I gonna take this guy to the hospital? It was quite interesting. So it doesn't always work out in everybody's favor, but it is. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. So when Stories. you say when you say you always wear protection, it's hockey helmet with a with a full cage. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just, just yes. a cutout for your tongue. <laughs> Football helmet, shoulder pads, anything else you feel like you might need. Perfect. Scissors. Scissors if you're going to use rope. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you both, I think, for coming on. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to get out into the world? Not that you don't have your own platform, but... Uh, I don't know. How do they find us? I was going to say, plug yourself. (laughs) Oh, plug ourselves. Okay. Didn't take that cue very well. Uh, you can find us at sexuninterrupted.com. There you can find all the links for the radio show, for events that we have coming up, for travel that we have coming up, and just lots of good info about the lifestyle as well that I share on there. At least once a month I'm updating it. So, very yeah, that's, that's the place to be. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for coming on. And have a wonderful night. Stay warm. And we will be in touch. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you for having us. 
We're back again. We may uh, be home, but we don't have a good way to come back yet. We got to work on it. But okay. since we're back, we have a couple things we do want to say. First off, thanks to Tara and James. James for their time, for coming on. Also, we're going on their show later this summer. Yeah, we're, we're, not, about, we're not sure exactly when yet, but we're going to get that set up. We're working out some dates. That's our fault, not theirs. Mm-hmm. And real quick, one thing that came up uh, during this conversation was a pretty in-depth talk about STDs and whether or not to disclose. And I guess something that we've been talking a lot about is how how do we further destigmatize this conversation. And It's something we feel very... Uh, passionate about like it's really important yeah because you know a lot of the time again the the stigma behind getting something is way worse than actually having it and I think there's a lot more people who are willing to play with people who test positive for something than, than one would imagine and it's really not a death sentence to your sex life or your swinging life or your poly life or your life life anymore right, right? so what, what we were hoping, and we know this is a little bit of a weird ask, but if you're somebody who has tested positive and, and it's a story you are willing to come on and share, we think it would be very helpful for people to talk about, you know, you know, what did you go through when that happened? What have you gone through since then in disclosing it? How have people reacted? And just trying to help us help as many people as we can. So... We know that's an unusual ask, and it's a big ask for people, but we wanted to throw it out there anyways. Yep, exactly. The other thing that happened was big Twitter news. If you're on the Twitter (laughs) following the other lifestyle podcasters, there was a... A... Uh, Scuffle? Sure. (laughs) Kerfuffle? A brouhaha down at sure. down at Desire in Mexico. Basically, two other podcast or two two women who are podcasters, the Torrid Souls. We mm-hmm. interviewed them a couple weeks back. They went and showed up, back. and basically were turned away because they went to show up for a day pass and were turned away because they were a same sex couple, even though they had been there multiple times before. So. We've talked a little bit about in the in the uh, behind the scenes about how we wanted to handle this, whether it was asking people to write a you know write an email to Desire. We don't really because well, overall we want Desire to loosen their rules and to yeah, be a little bit more up, open-minded, get up to speed. But they're also we we talked to Torrid Souls a little bit about this just the other day, and they're in talks. It sounds like with Desire, so. Rather than us preemptively say something that doesn't need to be said, we just want to do a... Butt in a little bit. Yeah. We're going we're to stand back for the time being. Yeah. We just wanted to acknowledge that it happened because we talked about it on Twitter saying that we wanted to do something, and we do, but we also want to make sure we have all the facts before we do. So we're not going to do anything. Right at now. At the moment. Right now. But we will soon. When so we we'll have more So we'll update you when we know more. All right. Next <sighs> week. Next week. Wait before next week. One resource we just wanted to mention quickly is a dating app called Polyfinda. Polyfinda. Okay, you're right. Polyfinda. We got the green light for that. <laughs> you can go back and listen to their episode, episode 58. 58. And they are, it's a dating app, but it's also a community. And if you're looking for meeting other sexy people or just yeah, and inter- You don't have to be people. Polly. No. Or named Finn. No. You can be just open-minded. Yep. So, exactly. So go, go check, check it out. Go check it out. 
And next week we've got Molly and Greg. Molly and Greg. Very cool interview. Yes. Uh, yeah, awesome couple. We don't want to do any spoilers here. Sort of like Avengers Endgame. We don't <laughs> want to ruin it for people. But but stay tuned. Next Wednesday, that one will be live. All right. My throat's getting dry. I've talked too much. Yeah, you've talked a lot. Yeah. I should have interrupted you more. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.